0: Hey, podcast listeners, hope you're doing well, and I hope you are winning. Contracts. Before we get into today's episode, I want to take a minute to share something with you that's working for our clients. Our Federal Access Knowledge Base is helping companies win contracts every single day. I regularly get emails from members thanking us and saying things like, hey, I just won a $2 million contract. Many of you have seen a video that Chris Danbach shot for us at GovCon. Chris won two contracts totaling $30 million. One of our members emailed me this morning and said, the the turning point that opened my eyes was using Federal Access to establish a professional and systematic business development and RFP process. I've now won two contracts worth $480,000. Federal Access is helping a lot of companies win. It can help you too. So here's the deal. I have a special offer for you. Visit federal-access.com forward slash game changers today and get started for just $29. You're going to get access to a digital copy of the government sales manual, over 70 straight strategy videos, more than 30 webinars, 300 documents and templates, and one of my favorite pieces is SME support. So when you run into any issue, any challenge at all, you can email me directly for help. So go check out the special offer today at federal-access.com forward slash game changers. The link is in the description below the podcast. So go check that out today, federal-access.com forward slash game changers. So you can get started for just $29 today. Now let's hop into this episode. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike. So Russ, we're talking today about one of your chapters in becoming a GovCon expert. And the chapter is preparing yourself to succeed in doing business with the government. And what I really, really liked about this chapter is the fact that it did focus on this personal development side of things. Because I, I talk about this a lot on our podcast. I really feel like the the soft skills, if that's what you want to call it, are highly underrated. And in my, one of my chapters, I, I talk about how stop wishing life were easier, wish you were better, that quote from Jim Rohn. Yes. Yeah, and I feel like this chapter was so focused on that, and I love that. So why don't you kind of kick us off in this episode and tell folks a little bit about this and kind of set the foundation for the episode for us.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, you hit the nail on the head when you said that, you know, these uh, personal development skills are so underrated. It's it's so deep. I mean, I, I'm really just even having a hard time getting started on where to talk about this because it, it goes really back to where you come from mm. and you know I can take it back to when you were born yeah. that's how that's how far back this thing goes and how were we raised what did our parents teach us what did we learn from brothers and sisters if we had them what mm. did we learn from friends in the neighborhood and in the community and then what did we learn in school and in many cases the things that we were taught didn't lead us to become the best person that we could be uh everyone was so concerned about us becoming successful in life that they try to guide us into a path that they believe is going to have the best outcome. Mm. And so we become outcomes-oriented people saying, okay, if I get good grades in school, I can go to medical school and be a doctor, or I can become a lawyer, I can become an engineer. Why? Because they make a lot of money, I can have a good lifestyle, live in the community I wanna live in, and all of these external things and all of this focus about externality. So we then get to a point in our life where we say, we've either succeeded and achieved the things that everybody said we needed to achieve to be successful, or we didn't. And when you hit that point, that's when some looking internal starts to happen. And you really begin to begin to ask yourself, well, well, who am I really? And what am I good at? And what would I have done if I had made the choice for myself? Um, You'll hit a point where people start guiding you in that direction and say, you're really good at this and you really should go down this path and you really should do that. And so you may get to this point where now you start thinking about personal development. But what this chapter is about is about, okay, then how do you do that? Once you begin to turn your attention to personal development, what's the first step? What's the second step? What's your goal? What is your desired outcome in this personal development process? Mm -hmm. And when it comes to business, you have to do a specific kind of personal development because it's still focused towards a particular goal. So how do you start that? And that's what this chapter is about.
0: I really like that. And I, I like the, how you were talking about, you know, some of this goes back to your childhood and, you know, whether it's your friends your teachers your parents whoever it is you know i with my kids i'm always having the conversation of think for yourself well here here's my perspective on life on business on religion or politics or whatever the the topic may be but i want you my kid my daughters my son i want you to think for yourself don't parrot it to me the the things you hear on social media or whatever you know question that stuff Come up with your own philosophy on it. Because I feel like I went through an odd childhood where I questioned everything from the start. So, I, like, I I didn't care who told me, my parents, whoever. Like, there's some things you accept as truth, right? Like Santa Claus. You right. accept it as truth to a certain <laughs> point, And then you go, nah, that's not right. true. But I was like the kid that from a very early age, I'm like, this doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, how does this dude... Pull this off, you know? And so I'm, I'm questioning that at like four or five years old, right? And right. that kind of led to me every time I'm like, well, my mom said there was a Santa Claus. And my dad said there was a Santa Claus and they were totally full of crap. So maybe everything else they say is wrong too. Like at a really early age, it's like, so I started to question what they would tell me at a really early age. And so I feel like an oddball where I didn't just accept the surface right out of the gate and where I think a lot of people, they accept things on the surface until, I don't know what, in in your twenties, maybe your thirties, you know, people start to hit that midlife crisis in their forties where they're like, wait a minute, I'm not happy in my job or my life or my marriage or my whatever. And I need to start thinking for myself and, you know, and that's where like, what's my purpose? You know, we often hear that in the mid forties, that's where they have this midlife crisis because I think- they've spent all these years kind of following their own society and community and not really thinking for themselves. This is probably a lot deeper than people wanted to <laughs> to, to, to go or where they thought this was going to go. But it, I but, think it's really important that yeah. topics that you're bringing up.
1: Yeah, it really sets the foundation because when you begin to put it in context and put it in perspective, then those synapses start to fire. And you go, you know what, that really does make sense. And the whole idea is when you can Uh, reconnect back to that and understand the root of it. Then as you start to come up to the surface, you accelerate more rapidly Hmm. to, uh, taking action on the things that we're going to talk about as we get into this chapter. And some of the other things that you said were really key and critical too, because I started reading at a very early age. Mm-hmm. I was reading before I knew that I was reading. So my mother said, mm-hmm. I learned how to read at three. So in, in in reading constantly, I knew a lot of things. So when I heard things that didn't make sense, I was immediately uh, aware that, you no, know, that that doesn't make sense. and And then I could go back and I could actually read something to get the real, what I considered at the time, the real truth. Mm-hmm. So that reading gave me the ability to be a critical thinker at an age before I even knew what critical thinking was and just like you I was challenging assumptions yeah. and no, no 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 that's that's <laughs> impossible that's yeah, just yeah. impossible so i didn't i didn't have to go through those revelations of somebody telling me that santa claus wasn't real and it just kind of broke my heart <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah well, you you were the kid say telling the other kids there's no such thing as Santa Claus. So you were the kid that other parents didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and proving it, you know, yeah.
1: telling them and then proving it.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's me too. I was that kid that they didn't like because they're like, you know, why is your kid sitting down telling my kid that scientifically this is impossible? <laughs> Exactly. So
1: the really the real core of of where I want to go with this piece is that the problem, the biggest problem comes in in that we are not being connected to our talent at an early age. And when Maya was raising my boys, I had the same perspective in that I said, I want them to understand what their talents are and what Mm. their naturally good at and what they were born to do and born to be. And what I, the way I tried to do that was every year I would ask them very specifically and very pointedly. So what do you think your life is going to look like? What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to be when you grow up? And we would just have these conversations around Thanksgiving every year and I would have them write it down. And I tried not to make it a chore. I wanted it to be more fun, but I wanted them to start thinking that way from an early age, because as we've already discussed, most people don't even begin to think about that maybe until they're graduating from high school and they go, Mm -hmm. okay, what college am I going to go to and why? And do I even want to go to college? And then they graduate from college and it's like, well, where do I go to work? And the statistic of 70% of people who have graduated from college are doing work that is not related to to the degree that they earned in college, That's just that just blows my mind every time I think about that, which means they went to college with no idea why they went. Yeah, what a waste of money. Yeah, exactly. And I did see a lot of that when I was in college. So taking it back to the talent piece, we're not being guided down the path of where our talents lie. And so many times we underestimate what our talents are and how valuable they are and how much power they can give us in terms of moving forward yeah. um, because when you you know when you start uh, functioning and operating from your base of talent and then you start to build the skills to support the talent that you already have intuition kicks in enjoyment kicks in con- uh, confidence kicks in and all yeah. of those things really begin to help you uh, move down the path In a very purposeful and intentional way.
0: Yeah. And I I think to to kind of play off that, I I think a lot of people confuse talent and skill. Mm -hmm. And if I, if I can bring this into the the realm of government contracting here, make it very, very specific to it. We, we get in this business and let's take a look at sales for a minute. We feel like sales, business development, capture, whatever you want to call it. We look at that through a lens of this is my talent, my talent, and I'm going to rate myself a one through 10 of my talent. So my talent in sales is a two out of 10. And so I'm just not very good at sales. Because I've been taught that this is how you do it. When sales is really a skill. That's and, right. It, it's a skill you develop. It's not necessarily your talent. So your talent could be talking to people. It could be communication. It could be something else. And you're trying to filter it through this lens. That's just the wrong lens. And so mm-hmm. you're approaching the the development of that talent, which talents are typically something we look at as they're just natural. God-given ability type thing. Like, hey, I don't really have to develop this. I'm just, I'm always going to be a two on this scale when really this is a skill you learn and you get better at and mm-hmm. which one of your talents makes it better. Because I, when I look at sales... Some of the people that I've worked in the past, they're really good at communicating visually. They're good at communicating, you know, verbally. They're good at communicating one-on-one personally or in a group. There's like different ways that they are are able to excel. And it's like, we need to harness that talent with the skill of sales to actually make this work. The same thing with, with business. We need, we need to harness a talent plus a skill, not just say, hey, let's just keep working on this broad thing as your talent, you know, and and refocusing it. So I I think there's so much confusion about that stuff that people just approach it and they hit their head on the wall and they struggle with it. They don't like sales. They love sales. They don't like, uh, you know, recruiting or whatever it is. And they just hit all these challenges and they don't know why. And it comes back to this personal development stuff.
1: That's exactly right, and you know when you understand your talent, then you can develop the sk- s- skill that supports your talent. Yeah. And so when you start looking at, so my talent is strategy and organization. I've been doing that since I was born. I just you know sort of naturally look at things, and as we we talked about before, you know, sort of the critical thinking piece and 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 the questioning of things has given me discernment, and I can mm. connect dots. And those are just things that come. To me. And so when I start looking at sales, I say, well, I am an introvert. So I'm not going to be out there right. being the person who's going to run the parties and get everybody excited and motivate and inspire and all that kind of thing. And some people in sales, approach sales that way. And they're very successful. I will never be successful that way. The way I am successful in sales is because I come at it from a a framework perspective, from a logical perspective, from a one-on-one conversational perspective, Mm -hmm. things which really support the talent that I was given. So if you have a conversation with me in a sales situation, I can make you feel very comfortable that I know what I'm talking about. Number one, number two, I understand your problem. Number three, I have a solution that's going to help you. Number four, it's going to be at a reasonable price point. And that conversation is authentic and it's genuine because I'm coming from a perspective of who I am, not because somebody told me, oh, take Sandler training and use these techniques.
0: Right. Right. which
1: would never necessarily work for me because I'm not of that personality. My wife is very different. Her personality is outgoing. She remembers people's names from 10 years ago. Um, I hardly can remember somebody's name from 10 days ago. Yeah. <laughs> and she remembers things about their family. She remembers things. So she makes these, she has this talent to make these personal connections. And so when she's in a sales situation, those are the things that serve her well. You know, right. she'll walk in and say, oh, how is your mom doing? I know she had this yeah. thing going on yeah, and yeah. And the other person is feeling like, wow, you just, you know, you know me so well and, and you care and all this kind of stuff. And that's that's just the way it is. And, and so when you understand what your talent is, then you can get into developing the skill that supports uh, the talent that you have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's good. I, you know, I think, again, if I go back to that mid 40s crisis that most people have, mm-hmm. I think it's one of the first times where people say, I don't know who I am who I want to be when I grow up and I need to find out more about myself. And, Mm -hmm. and I really think like in this chapter, that's a a large portion of what you're capturing here. And, you know, you talk about three main topics in here and one of them is your strengths. You know, talk talk to us a little bit about that. I know we've been kind of bouncing around on it, but. um,
1: Many times people will say, build up your weaknesses, strengthen your weaknesses, work on your weaknesses. And as you and I have both talked about critical thinking, when when I heard that and I started hearing that, I thought, that just doesn't make sense to me. Why would I want to do the things that I'm weak at right. when I have all these other things that I'm really good at? So why would I want to focus on the things that I'm not good at? And so as I started to dig into that a little bit deeper, I came across a book, and I don't recall the name of it right now, but it talked about working from your strengths and finding other people to help you in the areas in which you are not quite as strong. And so it becomes this collaborative thing. But people will also say, you have to get out of your comfort zone. And I agree with that. You do have to get out of your comfort zone. But again, it was a thing that I questioned because I said, I just, I don't like being out of my comfort zone (laughs) and who does? And what I found works for me is I go from comfort zone to comfort zone. So I know that I'm really good at strategy and organization. Those are my strengths. When it comes to a competition, I feel like I can beat anybody at any level for any length of time when it comes to strategy and organization, because essentially I'm playing while they're working. And the more I play at this thing, the better I become. I spend more time at it, I get more in depth on it. And it's it's empowering, it's personally empowering, psychologically empowering, emotionally empowering. And so just coming from that basis of now being in a comfort zone, knowing that I'm in my sweet spot Uh, from that perspective. And then is where we start, where I start getting out of the comfort zone, because then I say, okay, I want my business to grow. I want to go from generating a hundred thousand dollars in annual revenue to generating a million dollars in annual revenue. Well, I'm not going to get there just by doing the same thing every day. So now I have to extend myself. I have to expand myself. I have to learn some things that I didn't uh, know before. I have to put myself in situations where I might not be the best. And we can go back to the sales piece of this, where When I started jumping into sales, I tried to be the type of salesperson that they taught me to be. And I looked at other people who were in sales and tried to emulate them and model myself after them. And at a point I realized I can't. And then that's where the real learning began, because then I started to find my own way. And eventually I got to the point where I was at a comfort zone. I was in a comfort zone from the sales perspective. And now Mm you know, you can kind of take a breather, you know, you're on a plateau, you can enjoy where you are. And then you then you start to, um, you know, activate that ambition again. And then you want to go to a higher level and then you just go from one comfort zone to another comfort zone. Yeah. So that's how I, I take a look at, at, at strengths and, you know, tying it back into the government contracting piece, um, I I start with telling um, business owners that you're doing business with the government. The key element in there is business. And so if you're going to be successful in doing business with the government, you have to be strong at just the basic business that you do. And so where many people feel like, oh, if I can just get a contract with the government, then I'll figure out how to make it work. Now you're really putting yourself where you're operating from a position of weakness because you haven't really mapped out in a and identify where you can best function in that environment. So that thing about strength is really, really important to me.
0: Yeah, and I, I really, I like that, and you know, for me, I bought into the same philosophy early on where, you know, you hear, you know, you need to work on your weaknesses, and it it, it never gelled with me to to hear that, you know, and at some point I thought, this just sucks, this is not <laughs> <laughs> this is painful, and I got to the point where, you know, I did, I made that same flip that you did, whether it was a book or, or whatever it was, and, you know, that was just an outside influence that really kind of gelled with how I felt about it all along and I came to this realization where I'm like I, I don't have to work on those things I just need to to be aware of them I need to be aware of them and I may need to take my skill level in this area from a one to a two just to be more knowledgeable about it and yeah you know as a business owner, You know, we do have a a generalist mindset to a degree. And so like, I want to be knowledgeable, but I don't need to go from a one to a 10. I don't even need to go to a five. I just need maybe a one to a two on my knowledge about it because I already know I'm at a 10 on my level of hatred for it. Right. (laughs) You know, know? and so that's, that's all I need to focus on is, is just being that awareness and the knowledge of it and just continue to focus on my skills. I I think a lot of times of like, uh, you know, these athletes, like the, the sprinters, like bolt For example, you know, this is a guy that, you know, we don't see him focusing on. Well, why isn't my long jump better? Right. You know, like, well, who cares if he could place... Second or third in that, or fourth in that. He was like, "I'm gonna crush it in the hundred. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna crush it in these two or three areas, and that's all I care about." Yeah, you know, and and, and he does.
1: And, and you know, sometimes you have to go through some things before you really can identify your weaknesses. Right. And I watched a great movie, and it was a, a, a movie about a Jamaican runner, uh, another Jamaican runner, I guess I should say. And this individual had a brother who was a uh, a superstar in the 400 and he'd broken all kinds of records and set all kinds of records in the 400. And so he wanted to be like his brother and he would just in every race, he would take off, mm. he would blow the field away for about 200 yards, and then he would run out of gas <laughs> and he would end up losing. And this just happened over and over and over and over again. And his coach kept telling him, the 400 is not your race, it's not your race. And he was like, you know, my brother ran it, I'm going to run it. And then when something happened at one point where uh, he was convinced for, through whatever means that the 200 was his race and he just destroyed everybody in the 200 because he had that burst of speed, but it wasn't until he realized that the 400 was actually a weakness for him um, before he was able to real reveal that the 200 was his strength. And then of course he became on par with his brother, breaking records and doing the whole nine yards.
0: Yeah. And I like that, you know, you sometimes you have to go through stuff to figure out what you don't like, what you're not good at. And mm-hmm. that's a good way to put it And yeah, again, I'll, I'll pull us back into government contracting for a minute. Now, th- this stuff we're talking about is life. It's business. It's everything. But specifically in the government contracting side, sales is one of those areas where that's sometimes right. you go through it and realize you're not good at it. Right. You're just not. And it's one of those areas where okay, so you're not good at that. That's mm-hmm. so that's not your thing. Mm-hmm. Move on. Let's bring that's somebody right. else in. Because I, I, again, I want to go back to the the concept here of you know we get in business, and I don't care what business school you go to. In fact, I know a lot of really highly educated MBAs that don't know anything about business. Mm-hmm. And when I sit down and talk to them, they're like, "Well, this is how you've got to do sales, and this is how mm-hmm. you've got to do marketing, and this mm-hmm. and that." And the, in your analysis of the... no, mm-hmm. you, you know, when she once you get on the ground, you start to figure that out. Now, does that mean everything you learned in school doesn't apply? No, it just means once you get on the ground, you you're going you're gonna to figure some things out, like what you like and what you don't like, mm-hmm. and. You know, sometimes once you figure out that you don't like sales, for example, you know, the one thing that drives revenue (laughs) into your business, then you hire somebody, you know, or you hire a coach that teaches you how to hire that person and what to look for and, and those kind of things, because we've got to bring those outside influences in where they're bringing their talent and skill in sales to the game and saying, it's not that you're doing it wrong. It's just, you're a really good carpenter Mm -hmm. and you just don't get the sales aspect because you hate it. It's not that you can't, it's because you hate it. And you're never gonna be a good salesperson. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. You're the best carpenter in the world, you know? And and, and that's fine.
1: Exactly. And So here's another aspect of personal development that is directly applicable here. When you understand your talent, you've developed or attempted to develop skill in an area, you can then go back to matching your talent to the skill sets that are available. And within the sales category, you have hunting, you have fishing, you have farming. And some people just are not good at hunting they can not go out and do the face-to-face type of conversations that you need in order to be a good salesperson in that area then you have your farming you know so when you think about real estate agents you know they're getting really smart on a particular area they want to be the subject matter expert for that area they build relationships in that area you know they're planting seeds and they're nurturing those seeds to grow that takes a different personality than it takes for someone who's going to be a hunter so you might find out that in the sales situation you need to focus is your efforts on farming. And you need to look at what types of products or services are best served by someone who's really good at farming. And then you position yourself that way. And I talk about that in a little bit in the chapter uh, about government contracting and saying that in order to do business with the government, first you have to do business. So look at what the government, you can look at what the government already buys and position yourself to sell to the government what they're already buying. Or you can look at what you sell best and what you provide best and what solutions you solve best. And then take a look at what the government has to offer in terms of you coming in and solving those particular problems on their behalf. So this whole thing about personal development has to do with assessing yourself, seeing who you are, and then making the fit and making the match based upon the world as it exists. Because there's only so much you can do to change your environment, but you can always take a look at what things are and find out how you fit. Yeah, no, that,
0: that, that's really good. I, r- I really like that. You know, you and I could probably talk for days on mm-hmm. this subject. Yeah. And, and so while I, I, I know we don't have the time to talk yeah. for days, why don't you give <laughs> us some final thoughts on this particular chapter here?
1: So um, a couple of things we touched on the strengths, a couple of the other sections that, that I hit upon are purpose. And purpose gives you resolve, it gives you resilience, and it gives you resourcefulness because you have a direction, you can create a roadmap. You can function and operate from a p- uh, perspective of intentionality. That's very important. Preparation is really huge. And when you're looking to do business with the government, there are certifications and credentials. You want to definitely build a good reputation on a successful past performance. You want to get involved with people in the community. I was listening to someone say the other day that they thought that when you do business with the government, you just put in a bid, the government accepts it. You mm-hmm. fulfill the bid, you get paid, and there's no human element in that equation. And you and I know that yeah. that is way off base and you really have to begin to build relationships with people. And that's all part of, uh, of the preparation of being able to, to make that uh, make all those things happen. And so um, the other thing I want to hit on very quickly about personal development is you have to do assessments of yourself as well. The Myers-Briggs was a really big one for me because it helped me understand what introverts were and what mm. our power is, which is the power of preparation, the disc profile was a really good one for me. The Strength Finders was one that I really, really loved. Um, I had mentioned that book earlier and I couldn't recall what it was, but it's a book by a guy named Marcus Buckingham and it's Mm. called The Truth About You. And it's really a great book because that's the one that helps you identify what your strengths are and how do you function from your perspective of strengths. But uh, these assessments have been a very valuable in me understanding how to describe and explain to other people who I am, as well as being able to describe and explain those things to to myself. So I concluded the chapter by talking about some steps you can take. Uh, to do the personal development and essentially assess, you know, you want to embrace your talent or reflect, or connect your talent to that need that the government will pay you to fulfill, uh, educate yourself. We covered that quite a bit where you want to master your craft and that really positions you well. And then go ahead and get the certifications that you need. And then at the end of the day, you want to be able to sell in the manner that fits your personality and where you can develop the skill that enables you to enhance your talent and be able to get the, these Outcomes
0: that you're looking for. Yeah, really good stuff. Like I said, I could have talked for days about any of these topics. These are topics that I think are so fundamental to everything. And it's it's funny to me when when I start getting into executive coaching with a lot of people, and you know, we talk about numbers, we talk about sales, we talk about marketing, we talk about specific government contract stuff that's going on. But when we get into the personal development side. You can see people even over the camera today in in this Zoom slash team slash Skype environment we're in, you, people just lean in when you start talking about personal development because we're so hungry to learn more about the, ourselves yes. and and to, to just become better people. And, and I see that all the time. And so I think that's, if I were to give my plug for this chapter, that's really what I think people are going to get out of this. And so if you haven't already picked up becoming a GovCon expert, go grab it on Amazon it's, it's this chapter is really going to help you look at you and and I think that's one of the first times in the books we've published where There's a chapter that's really all about you and making you better so that, you know, you can go do GovCon properly. You know, the, you know, preparing yourself to succeed in business is about getting you right first and then working on your business and your team and all that other stuff. And so thank you so much for writing this chapter. Thank you for being on here with us today and talking about it.
1: Absolutely. My pleasure. You know, you and I have the greatest conversations around these things and I'm very pleased that you have me on the show. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash gamechangers.